What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward with Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss, founders of Rock.Voss, a communication agency focusing on global communication strategy and execution. Both Jennifer and Michael are passionate storytellers and have worked for and with many companies across many different industries. Last spring, Jennifer and Michael released their debut novel, BS Incorporated. And if that title makes you chuckle a little bit, there's good reason for that, as you'll learn on today's fun episode. Welcome, Mike and Jennifer. How are you today? Uh, We're great, John. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Now, thank you both so much. I'm really excited to share your story with our listeners and to learn more about your book and all the great work that you're both doing. So, Jennifer, why don't you get us started? Tell us a little bit about yourself and Mike and share your career journeys with our listeners. I'd be happy to. Thanks for asking. Uh, so Mike and I have uh, spent our careers as storytellers in one fashion or another. We have worked in advertising and marketing communications, um, public relations, um, kind of you name it. Um, between the two of us, we have more than 40 years of professional communication experience. We uh, crossed our paths at Best Buy headquarters, which is here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, And uh, there for 12 years, we ran the communications team. And our responsibility was to inform and inspire 170,000 employees across the world. Wow. And um, yeah, it was a big job. Um, Big job with a crazy big company in a very volatile retail industry. And uh, we had our good days, certainly. Um, We had some bad days. And during one um, let's call it a, uh, a soul-crushing meeting, um, mm. as, as many of us have in the corporate world. Yes. Uh, we escaped to a bar patio, and we started to swap some stories. We started to talk about some of the crazy experiences that we had had in our careers and realized that both of us took some pretty copious notes over the years, um, the kind of notes that you take when you think, hey, you know, one day I should write a book about this. <laughs> and um, we started to uh, combine those notes and, and work on a novel. And about three years ago, we struck out on our, our own and formed our own two-person communications agency called Rock.Boss. We work with uh, big companies Um, helping them communicate better with their employees. We work with small businesses, helping them communicate better with their customers. And um, during that time in the last few years, we also finished that novel. It's called BS Incorporated. I love the title. (laughs) Thank you. And it is loosely based on uh, some of the experiences that we have had in the corporate world. Sure. And can you share with our listeners a little bit about what the book is about? Sure. I'll, I'll hand that one to Mike. Yeah, absolutely, John. So it is the story of a giant Midwestern company that has gotten too big, too fast, and is spiraling out of control. And there's a group of quirky, funny, smart, uh, overworked, and underappreciated middle managers who figure out that they have to band together because they're the only ones who can save this company from itself. Wow. I've got to interject and ask, did you both kind of look into my brain and file through some of my past memories? Because (laughs) pretty much encapsulating what my experience was in the corporate world. So that's really uh, amazing. So what was that like? Did you find it to be cathartic to take your experiences and to create this narrative and, and just kind of put it into a novel? 
It was really cathartic. Uh, it was interesting, too, because it took us a while to learn really how to do that well, John. Um, and so our first draft was very long and, frankly, um, not all that interesting. So we had to work really hard to get it boiled down to something that was really interesting and exciting to read. And I think the great part now is the feedback we're getting from readers that sound very much like what you just said. How did you know? How do you know I live through this every day? <laughs> and we, we, we also get a lot of things like, um, is it normal that when I read your novel, I laugh and cry at the same time? That we, that we get that reaction a lot. Well, the cover alone, and, and I have, you know, we, we've posted this on our, uh, on our write-up, but the cover alone, I just, it was wonderful. I mean, you really were able to encapsulate, you know, whoever the artist was did a fantastic job of just even just you know beyond the title which itself is provocative but looking at some of the images you really get a sense of what is in the novel and i think that's really fantastic but something that you both hit upon that you are storytellers so can you define for our listeners exactly you know what it is to be a professional storyteller well i think for us john it it really means uh starting by asking a lot of questions and doing a lot of listening you, never, you really can't start out by being the person who is doing all the talking because when you're working with clients or even if you're in a company and you're working with executives or other leaders or other departments, you really need to ask a lot of questions and help them get sharp on what their story is. And that's when you can play it back to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really, really critical. And I know for Moving Forward listeners, we storytelling is such a powerful tool that a lot of companies, I think the smaller, newer companies are really, really getting on board with telling their brand story and that a lot of the larger companies are just racing to catch up. So can you talk a little bit about Rock.Voss? So, I mean, what was that like starting that up? What was your experiences going from the corporate world to branching out on your own? And talk a little bit about the type of work that you're doing today. Sure. Um, so Rock.Voss, as we said, is a two-person communication agency. And when you have gone from 170,000 employees to, to two, it's, it's a very different experience. Um, but it's a great experience. So our agency, um, we have the great fortune of choosing the clients that we work with. And we work with big and small companies. So on the big company side, Um, What we like to do is um, go in and learn the company, understand how they communicate with their employees, with their customers, and um, whether it's helping them, as Mike said, get sharper on their story, um, helping them figure out how to communicate with uh, very distributed employees. So, you know, picture a big company these days. Many employees work virtually. Um, They work in um, different time zones. They work in warehouses or on sales floors where they're difficult to communicate with. And so we help large companies um, communicate better with their employees and make sure that they're not only informed, but they're inspired um, to be um, good employees, good productive employees in the company and to really spend their careers there. On the small company front, uh, Rock.Voss works with a number of, of small companies, so either one-person operations or, um, or uh, companies with just several dozen employees, and we help them communicate uh, better with their customers. So that might be um, helping them tell their story through a website um, or through uh, press releases or other matters. But, you know, like Mike said, it, it starts with a great story. It starts with being able to tell who your company is, um, why you serve the customers that you do, and how you're different than your competitors. And um, even for us, being professional communicators, 
it's tough to tell your own story yeah. and we enjoy helping customers of, of all sizes do that. Absolutely. Well, having worked in the corporate environment and, and for a large company, I know both of you came from that environment as well. Do you find it sometimes difficult? I mean, is it challenging to go into a large organization where, you know, a lot of organizations, you know, as I like to say, it's, sometimes it's really hard to turn that ship, right? You know, when there is a disconnect between leadership and their employees, like how do you manage that? How do you convince leadership that this is something that needs to be done, that there needs to be a reevaluation on the channels up and down? Well, we usually begin by doing a communications audit. And that means we are, are not only looking at all of their communication channels, but we're doing a lot of focus groups with employees. We're doing a lot of surveys with employees. We're pulling together as much data as we can. And then we actually turn that into a story of its own mm. that we can bring back to senior leadership and to very gently say, but with some really good, strong supporting data, this is what's going on right now. And then if you package that with a set of recommendations that we we tend to, to put into tiers, sort of a crawl, walk, run uh, uh, framework that allows them to see that, okay, we do have some issues here and we've got some help sitting at the table on how we can solve them. Yeah. And what is generally speaking, if you can, what has been the response of leadership when you go back to them and say, here are some of the pain points? And I like that analogy of the crawl, walk and run. I mean, have you found leadership to be receptive to this? Have you found that sometimes they're a little bit resistant to it? What has sort of been your experience now that you're in this world? Right. Um, well, you know, our experience has been has been great so far with the companies that we've worked with. I think what's interesting for us in terms of um, the receptivity of executives is when you discover a root problem that maybe they didn't know they quite had. So here's an example of a company we worked with recently out of the Southeast where um, they knew that they had an issue with communicating with employees, that employees were feeling like there wasn't a lot of formal communication channels and different employees were hearing different things from different leaders. And what we uncovered through our work um, was something that executives were very receptive to, um, the fact that they had an issue with confidentiality. Um, they worked a lot in the R&D space, and um, people were confused as to what was confidential and what wasn't in the communications environment. And that was some of the reason that employees were hearing different things at different times from different leaders. Um, so what it came down to was really an issue of training people on what was confidential and what they could share um, in terms of information at what time during the R&D process. And uh, I think that came as a surprise to executives. And um, they were very welcome for that feedback because you know, sometimes when you think you have a communication issue, it's, it's a big issue and you're not exactly sure what to go after to solve it. Yeah, absolutely. No, it sounds like you both have your work cut out for you, but I think it's fantastic that you are, you are doing this because I think so many companies can benefit from this. So I've got to ask you, how do you both get inspired each morning to conquer the day? Well, I think, John, Jennifer and I are, are fortunate that we not only get to do what we love to do every day, we feel really great about the people with whom we work. And we describe that as who we have in our crew. And for us, crew means something even a little more meaningful than a team. I mean, these are people that you choose to work with. These are the people that you want to spend your day with. And 
Um, we, we, that was a really important consideration for us when we left our corporate jobs. We knew we wanted to finish the novel, and we knew we were going to start our own communications consulting agency, but we also made a point to focus on working with clients and partners who shared some of the principles that we cared most about, things like doing great work, following through on our commitments, and frankly, not taking ourselves too seriously. And that's what inspires us every day, is working with great people in everything we do. I think that's fantastic. And I love the the embracing of the word crew, because that really embodies more than simply that you're on a team. You know, when you think of team, it's, it's just a, a formal or artificial construct. But when you think of crew, it's much more organic. It's much more fluid. There's a lot more, you know, at stake in terms of, you have each other's interests at stake, but you also have each other's interests at heart. So I think that's really, really, really cool. So as you both know, I mean, having been in very successful careers in corporate America and now as entrepreneurs, that part of that journey, you're going to face certain setbacks and failures. That's just part of the deal. So I was wondering if you could share a time maybe where you faced a failure or setback, what I like to call what seemed like that Mount Everest climb and it seemed insurmountable, but it ended up being the valuable turning point or a moment where you realize this is the right time to pivot or shift course. Sure. Um, and yes, we are no stranger to failure and, uh, and, and both on the business side and on our novel. And um, I think I'll, I'll share um, the experience that we had on writing a book. So if you have ever written a book, if any of your listeners out there, um, that whole process is fraught with failure. Mm. So you, um, you give it to beta readers who maybe, you know, don't care for the manuscript very much and you go through editing and it's a very long process of, of lots of ups and downs. And as part of the process, you have to send out query letters. So if you are going after a mainstream publisher, you have to write a letter to a literary agent and ask them to represent you to the publisher. And so you describe what your manuscript is and you hope that they enjoy the, you know, your description and they request the manuscript and then they offer eventually to represent you. It's a very, very long process. So we would send out five or 10 query letters to literary agents who would reject us. And then we would send out five or 10 more letters. And every single one of those query letters gets tracked. So we had a spreadsheet and five or 10 turned into 10 or 20. And pretty soon we had a spreadsheet of nine, 10, 11 pages of rejections. Wow. So essentially you're cataloging every single failure that you have in this process. And you think that each rejection stings. Well, try looking at the entire spreadsheet, this, oh this giant pile of rejections. It's, it can be incredibly demoralizing. And that was our pivot point. So we had sent out, I'd say, more than 100 query letters, um, received more than 100 rejections, and knew that this was a point for us where something had to change. Either, you know, I think, I think a lot of authors at this point give up. Um, it's a tough, tough yeah. process and a tough industry. We did research. We said there has to be a different way. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same, same thing, thing over, over and expecting the same results exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we were not going to get a different result. So um, we found a hybrid publisher that took the best of mainstream publishing and independent publishing right here in Minneapolis. Their name is Wise Inc. And the minute we sat down with them 
and discussed our manuscript, um, we knew that uh, they were they were our crew, as as Mike said earlier. Um, these were not only people who knew the publishing industry, knew what we needed to improve our manuscript, but they had high standards. They had a ton of expertise. They don't take themselves too seriously, and most importantly, they they believed in us, and they believed in our story. And um, and that is uh, that is turning a mountain a mountain of rejection um, into something very very positive. Absolutely, but I've got to ask because this is to me this is such an incredible story because seeing the success of the book now and seeing you know the wonderful reviews on Amazon I mean what kept you going you know when you have those piles of rejection letters and you're keeping it on a spreadsheet no less I mean what was the thing that kept you going and motivated and that little thing inside of you that said I'm gonna just I'm gonna keep on doing this I mean what was it that really motivated both of you I think I would boil it down to having a writing partner. I think um, that's a tremendous advantage. And it's funny because we get asked, how do you write with somebody else? And our response is always, how do you not write with somebody else? Because you've got somebody, John, who can lift you up on the days when you're down and feeling rejected. You've got someone who looks at some copy that you've written and says, that's terrific, or that that made me laugh, or I love that. And that's the thing that really kept us going because it's very easy to question whether you're good enough when you're facing all of this rejection. When you've got someone sitting across from you and says, you're good, that's great, let's keep going, uh, that made all the difference for us. Absolutely. I think, I mean, and it sounds like, I mean, again, you're, you're hearkening back to that word crew and it just, it, there's something to it that's just, you're more than just a team, you're part of a crew and I think that's incredible. And the fact that you found a publisher and, and Jennifer, define for our listeners who may not be familiar with, I mean, explain exactly how a hybrid publisher works. Sure. So um, a, a mainstream publisher, which, um, you know, I think has been the traditional publishing method, um, like a Random House or a Penguin, um, that is a, a, a big publishing house that will take on an author and um, and work with them to release the book, and then um, basically um, financially, you offer them. Um, they get a cut of the profits when the book is sold on the back end. Because they've invested on the front end, in in the cover design, in the printing, and all of that. So the trade off there is, the the publishing house invests on the front end on your behalf in exchange for a cut of the, your royalties on the back end. Correct. And, um, and a hybrid publisher like Wise Inc. Um, really takes its inspiration from the independent publishing side um, where, um, as authors, we invest up front in things like cover design and editors, and then um, they help us through that publishing process and the distribution process. Um, but then at the end, uh, the profits of the sold book are, are completely the author's. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think the big takeaway for Moving Forward listeners is that, I mean, here you were, I mean, you had a story that you wanted to tell, and it was a culmination of all of your experiences. And it wasn't simply a story, you really wanted to share what you had gone through and what your colleagues had gone through. And you had something that you wanted to tell an, you know, tell an audience, you know, people who like myself and other people who may have had similar experiences. And what I love about that is that, you know, you faced that initial hurdle by getting those rejection letters by going one route. And sometimes that's what it takes. You've, you've got to get 100, 200 rejections until you're able to see, wait a minute, 
let's reevaluate here. And that's where that pivot moment comes is when you see the other door that maybe you hadn't noticed before, but now, aha, this is where we can actually see the vision come to reality. And I think that's really, really important. So thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, you're Absolutely. welcome. Well, we're going to move now into something that I call the knowledge burst session. And this is one of my favorite parts of the show. This is where our guests share three resources and tips that can help inspire our listeners to move forward. So I'm going to ask as both of you, because you have worked in communication and in media and you've written a book, I'm excited to ask you this. So in addition to BS Incorporated, I'd like you to pick and share with our listeners and you can pick one. Uh, any particular media that's been inspirational to you, a movie, book, song, and I also add to this cultural experience that inspired you to move forward. Uh, sure, I, I'd be happy to share one. And this, this one's a little funny and maybe outside the normal wheelhouse of this question. But for me, it's the song Hotel California. And okay. strangely enough, it's not even the, the song that we all know. It's not that version of the song. Okay. It's a parody version of that song that Jennifer wrote and emailed to me uh, during our corporate days. Ah. It had just a crazy, absurd day. And she took the, uh, the lyrics and the melody of Hotel California and spun them into this laugh out loud, side-splittingly funny uh, version of the song that made me realize, you know what, this is a person that I can move forward with in a different way. And that was what inspired me to talk to her about writing a novel together. Oh, that's fantastic. And Jennifer, I'm going to put you on the spot. So is this version of Hotel California available anywhere for for (laughs) listeners and for myself, who's very curious to hear it now that Mike has really talked it up? Yeah, he he did a great service there, didn't he? Um, Maybe perhaps that's a a future publishing. Um, maybe that's a director's cut of the book going future that we uh, that we uh, publish that. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Mike is very kind um, in the uh, side splittingly funny uh, description of that song. It was a whole lot to put together, and you know, when you're going through some crazy situations at work, everyone needs a creative outlet. Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, I mean, I'm going to ask you, do you have a particular media reference or cultural experience that inspired you? Yeah, you know, um, my mother um, read to me when I was uh, a child and read to me a lot. She was a a grade school teacher and um, ensured that I knew how to um, how to read and write before I started school, actually. And um, I have to give my my mom props for um, infusing um, this love of literature in me from a very, very early age. And she challenged me with some books like um, Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, which um, are are really challenging books to read. Um, I can still recite recite the Jabberwocky, which I will not do for you (laughs) right now, um, any more than I will sing Hotel Hotel California. Yes, no, I will. I will spare your listeners both. Um, But but I have to say that from a very early age, um, that that challenging literature and that that creativity. those types of books um, really infused in me this thought that um, stories can be can be more than um, than just the the beginning, middle, and end, and they can be they can um, inspire people, they can challenge people, and um, I've, that's always stuck with me. That's wonderful. Well, I'd like to ask both of you, as you know, now that you're running your own uh, practice, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. 
Uh, for me personally, John, I've realized that the, the farther I've gotten into my career, I need to move my body early in the day, whether that's taking the dog for a family walk before I head off to work. Sometimes I'll do push-ups in the living room. I need to get my heart rate up, which gets my, my mental um, flow going. And for me, it's about moving my body, which then enables me to move my mind where I need it to be to tackle the day. Yeah. I think that's a really good practice. Jennifer, do you have a, a practice that you'd like to share? Um, sure. So I'm, I'm a list maker. Um, that's a great one. That, that is what I do. Um, I keep lists in, in you know, old-fashioned paper. I keep them on the notes function on my iPhone. Um, but uh, Mike and I start every single day by comparing our to-do lists, and that's what keeps us on track. So um, we have to prioritize both on the book and the business side what we're going to tackle in the next few hours, what we're going to tackle today, what we're going to tackle this week so that we can divide and conquer appropriately, um, not step on each other and not um, do redundant work. And that's what really keeps us on track. Fantastic. And Jennifer, I'm going to stick with you for this one. So can you pick a favorite app, website or productivity hack that was the game changer for you? Yeah. So, um, Mike and I, you know, as we said, we came from Best Buy headquarters and we lived and died by dashboards. Mm. So when you have uh, a retail um, global powerhouse like Best Buy is um, in 1,200 stores throughout the U.S. and and more throughout the the world, um, everything is run by a dashboard. And that's how you track all the data and the stats and the sales and and things like that. And so... um, we really look to dashboards still to organize what we do online in terms of our social media accounts, in terms of our publishing. So we have a dashboard for our um, ebooks and paperback sales across the major retail outlets. Um, we look at things like Hootsuite for social media. And so we really look to those kind of dashboard apps that help to consolidate and give us that overall view of the things we're doing. Now, you know, we still spend a lot of times within the individual apps, so within Twitter, within Facebook and things and, and managing those accounts, but, um, but I don't know what I would do without those dashboard views to, to really give us a look across. And Hootsuite, I, I, I have to echo you on that one. I think that's fantastic. But Jennifer, you also shared uh, one that I thought was really great in, your, in the second question, which is keeping a list, that traditional pen and paper, I think there's something, and I've heard this from other guests as well, and I do this as well. Yes, I do keep a list on my phone, but the physical act of writing it down, I think does something to really imprint the priority list that you don't just, you don't quite get when you just type it in. So I like, I really like that share as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, John. I am a um, a pen and paper person um, from way back, and I, um, I I won't be able to give that up. And you're right; there's something about the, the physical act of, of writing something down that imprints it, but there's also the physical act of crossing it out oh, yeah. uh, that gives you that feeling of productivity and accomplishment. And and um, and you can't duplicate that on a phone. Absolutely. Well, those are fantastic productivity uh, apps and hacks. And thank you very much for sharing those knowledge bursts with our listeners. Absolutely. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. 
So we have listeners from many different backgrounds and walks of life, and we have listeners, some of whom may be struggling. They're at a point maybe in their career where maybe they're facing a setback in their business, and they're trying to find that pivot point like you did when you were writing the book. So I'm really excited to ask both of you, I mean, having gone through your long career journey in corporate America, having started a company, having written a book, what is the one thing that moving forward listeners can start doing today to bring them closer to their life's purpose or passion or to make that pivot? Well, I think I think the one thing you can do, John, once you have identified what that goal is, and again, you're, you're absolutely right. For us, it was writing the novel. For some people, it might be taking that next step in their career or moving into a different industry or even climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And I think what we learned as we were working those big jobs but also working on the novel is that it is so critical to work a little bit towards your life goal every day or at a minimum at least every week make just the tiniest bit of progress know that you've never you haven't set it aside and it becomes this big thing to have to go back to once you set it aside so never set it aside entirely work a little bit toward it at every little opportunity you get and that's that's how we plugged away at, at multiple versions of a novel that took us six years to write. It's because we never truly walked away from it. We always took a little step toward it as every time we had a chance. Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, do you want to add something to that as well? I think that's really fantastic, Mike. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I mean, we would... Um take time between meetings, have hallway conversations, you know, during our busy corporate days. Um, we would, you know, madly text each other under the table during during meetings when um, when something funny would happen or we would have a, some sort of inspiration for the book. Um, so, yes, um, I completely echo the idea that you work on, on what gives you energy and what your passion is just even a little bit every single day. But I'll, I'll also go back to the that idea of, of the crew and you find – you find your crew, you find your personal board of directors, whatever you'd like to call those people. But it's the people who support you. It's the people who, when you say, um, I want to take this next step in my career, or I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And frankly, they won't look at you like you're crazy. And they'll, they'll support you and say, okay, that's interesting. What's your plan? And um, they nudge you in the right direction. Um, they give you a little, you know, kick in the pants when you need it. And, um, and certainly are there to bounce ideas off of. And it's so important to have those people around you. Absolutely. I, I love those two shares. I mean, and it, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln. I, you know, I walk slowly, but I never walk backward. And Mike, I think that was huge. You have to devote the time, even if you're just doing little increments every day. And Jennifer, I love what you added to that, just calling back to having the crew, having the people around you who can keep you motivated and support you and people who will rely on you and that you can rely on as well. And I think that's really, really great for moving forward listeners. So thank you both for, very much for sharing that. Sure, absolutely. So what is next for both of you? Well, uh, we are in the very early stages of promoting this book. As you mentioned, John, it, it, it's only been out for about three weeks at this point. So we've got uh, a lot of additional uh, publicity activities lined up. We also have a request from our publisher for a follow-up to this book. Wow. And They've given us 
Thank you. Thank you. They've given us about 15 months and remind us gently but firmly that the clock is ticking on, on that. So we've we've done a little bit of uh, strategizing on what book two will look like, and we need to start actively writing that. And then, of course, we've got to keep our business humming along as well. We've got a, a few current clients that we're working with, and we're always working to build that pipeline of future clients, whether through networking events and, and things of that nature. So uh, no shortage of, uh, of work in the short term and the long term. That's fantastic. Well, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about the great work that you're doing? Sure. So we are on a, a number of social media channels. We have a book website and we have a business website. So I think I would point your listeners to our book website where we have links to all of those other things. So it's rockandvossbooks.com. And from there, you can um, get to all of those major book retailers where BS Incorporated is sold. Um, you can also get to our social media accounts. We are happy to connect with people on Twitter. Um, my username is at Jennifer Rock, and Mike's is at MVoss23. And uh, we are more than happy to take people's questions, um, to talk about our book writing process, to talk about the business. Um, we are so happy to help people um, in their own journeys as they are trying to figure out their next steps. Um, it's you know always um, fraught with failure and risks, but um, we are here to say that uh, you persevere. It's completely worth it. Absolutely. And we will have all of that posted on our website. Jennifer, Mike, I want to thank you both so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me today to share your story and your knowledge bursts to inspire our listeners to move forward. Thank you both so much. It was our pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you for having us, John. Moving forward, listeners, what a great episode. Jennifer and Michael, what a great story. And a lot of it resonated with me, as I, I pointed out during the episode. There was a moment where I thought, wait, wait a minute, are you guys reading my mind and looking at my past memories? And if you followed my journey a little bit on the podcast, if you've listened to past episodes, you know that I used to work in corporate America. I worked for a large company based out of the Midwest as well, not the same one that Jennifer and Michael worked for. but And I had many great years at this company, but towards the end, I saw a lot of changes and it was time for me to move on. It was time for me to find my next chapter, whereas Helene Godin talked about on a recent episode, my next act. And Jennifer and Michael got to that point as well. And I think what's really cool is that they encapsulated a lot of their experiences in this novel, BS Incorporated, which has resonated with so many people. But think about the journey that they went on to get there, the rejections from agents were publishers. I mean, they kept a spreadsheet of that. And that can be so daunting. And it, it can be it can be one of those things that can really beat you down if you let it. But I think the big takeaway is that they had each other. They had a crew. And as Jennifer and Michael pointed out, it's a crew of two, but Sometimes that's all you need is one other person to keep you motivated. And I love the word crew as opposed to the word team because a crew really is, it's its about having each other's back. It's about inspiring each other. It's about being there with each other during your low moments or really just saying, hey, this is really cool. I love what you're doing. Keep doing more of it. And also really giving you that course correction when you need it. It's not simply someone who's going to go along with you on the ride and just say yes to everything, but someone who's who's really going to understand you and challenge you when you need it and also help you correct your course if that needs to be done as well. And I, I love the way 
that Jennifer and Michael tell their story because you can tell that they are very much in sync with each other. They very much are a crew. They care about each other. They have each other's interests at heart. And I think that's really what it's all about. And moving forward, listeners, I do recommend check out BS Incorporated. Really, really funny book. For many of you, you're going to find parts in there that will resonate with you as well. And to learn more about Jennifer, Michael, Rock.Voss, and all of the great work that they're doing, as well as our other extraordinary guests, check us out at bemovingforward.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week, and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.